0: sitting on the hill side watching all the people die oh. I believe in magic. Why? Because it is so quick. I don't need power when I'm hypnotized. Look in my eyes. What are you seeing? I see. How do you feel? I feel. Wood
1: inside welcome to this week's episode of the chopping wood inside podcast the twin Peaks podcast for conspiracy theorists and aficionados I'm your host Murphy I think uh, my buddy Tom's out there somewhere
2: prepared to enter the zone
1: whoa uh, I am prepared to enter the zone we've been thinking <laughs> a lot about the zone the last couple days Uh have you, have you wait checked? wait let me let me just give the preface we're here to talk oh, about sure. part nine again uh, we're gonna pick that up from what we left off a few days ago uh, Tom, why don't you lead us off?
2: Well no, have you checked out you know that there's a website, right? They I guess uh, the production team created a fictitious yes. website for <laughs> William Hastings. Yes, yeah, like the, the night. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and have I you see, read I didn't get a, it? No,
1: only no only I didn't have enough time to really look through it. I just glanced at it. So why don't you talk about the little Easter eggs it? Well box? I
2: d I didn't like I just I did it I glanced at it as well. I didn't want to like get too far into... I mean, I clicked on a couple of links, but um, I, I did find something curious is that apparently at the bottom of the, the page, there is a list of, of coordinates. And if you click on... Or the coordinates basically take you to someplace in South Dakota. And I think it's... Is it like Lookout Mountain Road? It's this location. yeah. And, yeah. and I think that if you click on... I think a link, and I haven't done it. I I, I came across something where uh, someone posted um, this, that it's a video of the convenience store that we saw in part eight, um, where the woodsmen were um, milling about outside. So that is an interesting correlation. I don't think personally that the information that's on this website is going to be too relevant to the plot. I think it's fodder for the fans. It's very interesting. It's just interesting to see you know Matthew Lillard, you know William, William Hastings' character. <laughs> Do you think he wrote that in character? Like he, he actually wrote
1: the. Were <laughs> there some entry data entry like little journal entry things that Lillard's character wrote that they put on? The well, website. yeah,
2: there is. That's what I did read. So I didn't really go into the links. I read basically this preface, and you know I I, I immediately thought of like Mark Frost. This is right up Mark Frost's alley. I can see him like writing this text uh, as you know William Hastings. I think a lot of that uh, the dialogue in that scene, the interrogation with Tammy Preston, I mean that that whole thing is is Mark Frost, straight up his alley. It's so Mark Frost that it's it's to me a little jarring that like Lynch kind of went with it because his whole confession confession is like spot-on. I mean it's like very detailed oriented. I mean it's like you know how they came across the zone, how they entered the zone, who they found, what happened, but and we talked about this in the prior podcast, we'll go into a little bit deeper, but I think upon viewing uh, the episode again, I've seen it four times now, I don't think Bill Hastings is, is, I don't think he's lying, but I don't think he's telling the entire truth of what happened. There's just Yeah, some... he skipped
1: over some key parts, he was like, yeah, and then she died, so he didn't really go into the the key, we don't really know what's going on there. And yeah, he also he, said... he kind of glossed over the uncovering hidden secrets or hidden records as well, so-
2: yeah, there were two instances where um, when he said, I believe there were two cutaways when uh, Hastings was talking about you know his, his tale, telling his tale, and when he said the words hidden records, and then later when he said coordinates, they cut right to Albert both instances
1: yeah I noticed that yeah. they always give like Albert like a little glistening white dot in his little dark eyes like always like he always looks kind of like an alien like on episode four when they cut to and during the interrogation scene with Mr. C when he goes like I've left messages and he looked at Albert Albert's eyes looked really funky I wonder if they're doing something uh, to him to make us uh, suspicious of what his motives are because I'm getting more suspicious of Albert uh, the longer I think about it.
2: Yeah, and you you think possibly that he might be, you know, one of the voices, if not the voice on that, uh, with that phone call that Mr. C. No, the B. last the last voice. There was two voices. Oh, the last voice. Yeah, the okay. one at
1: the very end. I don't know who that was, whether it was Philip Jeffries or not. But at the very end, when episode two, when he goes like, actually, I called to say goodbye you're going to go back in the lodge tomorrow and I will be with Bob again. Like that sounded like Albert and I'm sticking to that story. And, uh, yeah, I just, I think, I think I would love to see Albert's character get wrapped into this because, uh, you know, we had him flirting with uh, Jane Adams in the last episode. There's all kinds of weird
2: things he's doing. So you so. agree with that now we talked about, I do. That. Yes. Okay. He, yeah.
1: She, yeah. They were definitely flirting. I wonder when <laughs> uh, Albert was indisposed later when they were smoking a cigarette, did they mean indisposing? Like maybe he was uh, hooking up with Jane. <laughs> I, know,
2: I thought the yeah. same thing, a little quickie. And, uh, yeah. one of the, the back yeah. rooms of the morgue um okay another thing i picked up on rewatching part four that great scene the the last scene with cole and albert you know with the blue hue and uh, they're talking about you know they're they're just they're meeting with with cooper and when albert talks about jeffries when when cole asks him about like you know jeffries what the hell Jeffrey said that, or Albert said that Jeffrey's contacted him, and he said, urgent, I need to get a message to Cooper urgently. But watching it again, and I, I don't know, because I'd seen part five, I, I, I thought maybe the first urgent could have been Argent, A-R-G-E-N-T. If you remember Lorraine, the warrior, yeah, she worrier. was the yeah. facilitator when we were introduced to her she sends this message to buenos aires who we associate with philip jeffries and there's a text that says argent and then i think like 159 like argent i think in in spanish means silver and obviously it's short for argentina but what if what if albert said argent instead of urgent did you pick up on that at all
1: I didn't, but I have no idea what that means if that but I mean obviously if that's twice that we've seen that in the story, you know, him him dropping it in the warrior as well in that text, then that may mean something. There might be. I mean that I might be is.
2: just like, you know, kind of, you know, just wanting to believe that. Um but I did come I did think that maybe there is something with with that uh with that message to Cole. But um getting back to, to Buckhorn and, and Hastings and his um confession to Tammy Preston, one of the uh, big things that I still am not certain about is that vague comment that Ruth was very good about retrieving hidden hidden records, records. uncovering (laughs) hidden records. Now, okay, she's a librarian. So, okay, yes, she's probably like, you know, a voracious reader. And he says, you know, himself, he admits that he is a, a big reader and they obviously connected and had a connection. And so maybe that, you know, she was able to kind of connect the dots. But I'm thinking that they might be pawns in this game because if they went into the zone um, and met the major and then had a dialogue with him and, and Briggs basically told them that he wanted to leave this place and it required him getting other coordinates and he and gave some them, people.
1: Other people were trying to get him, right? Like that. He he alluded to that as well in this
2: I believe so. Yeah. So they went out. They they accessed the military database and got him that information, and then returned. But when they returned, then the others, you know, had arrived, and so the other people, me, right? They other yeah other people yeah. And you know, I'm thinking like you know, woodsman, because. There were so many of them. We've seen a lot of woodsmen. We've seen. But what Sooty. guy would
1: ever refer to all those crazy bearded maniacs as just people? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know, but. Unless know. they were good friends. You know, maybe you got to know them well and they were just not merely a beard <laughs> and a scowl. But uh, I would think if you said there, I would not have defined them as people if I was in my confession mode, but maybe he had a different
2: choice. But we've seen Sooty, the first woodsman, um, in a jail cell, like, you know, two cells down from when Hastings. Was incarcerated in episode two, and then we saw another woodsman um, at the morgue when um, they were when Knox had come and uh, they were looking over the body of Major Briggs. So you put those. The only other time we've seen woodsman is in part eight. So and that was you know obviously a flashback to nineteen you know forty five and nineteen fifty six. So there is a big connection with the woodsman to Buckhorn. So and Hastings and or Briggs. So. Uh, for me, I'm drawing, you know, a, a, a straight line to the woodsman. At least being, you know, present. Some, maybe some, maybe one woodsman, a couple. Maybe there were others there. I'm thinking Mr. C had to be involved somehow because of what Jeffrey said that you met with Major Garland Briggs. I mean, that had to mean recently, correct? Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah,
1: I'm not 25 I mean, years ago. Ha- <laughs> yeah, I don't think he about, would say right, Jeffries right. wouldn't be calling right. angry about a 25 year old phone call anything, you know, so,
2: yeah, right? Say. So I'm thinking that you know that Mr. C was there, and we know that the woodsman and Mr. C, they're you know they're you know in alignment. You know, they're the woodsmen are, are Confederates are they? Or helpers. Well, they revived Mr. C after he got shot. Well, I, I thought think.
1: they maybe just stole Bob, but you're right. They, mu- I mean, why didn't they just let him die? You know, that's the weird thing. They must be his allies in some way, right, because he lived.
2: Well, yet I'm convinced now. Unless Ray was Mr. a really
1: bad shot, you know what I mean? Maybe he hit him in the side <laughs> or something. You know, like, I never really got to inspect the bullet holes, but uh, look, at he plugged him right dead center twice, right? Yeah, he was, right I thought seven. maybe for a second when that happened, I thought maybe he was wearing a bulletproof vest, like
2: a callback, to <laughs> like series. callback to uh, the original series. Yeah, but I'm I'm now convinced that Bob is still in Mr. C. That uh, that was just to see the Bob membrane and it being. I don't think the. I'm not sure about that. On. Yeah,
1: I'm still undetermined. I'm not. I'm not going to say that I agree with you, but I don't disagree. But uh,
2: yeah. No, I think I just think that there would be some kind of difference in uh, Mister C's, you know, personality, attitude, if Bob was no longer in him, and we we saw him in this past episode, and it's still you know status quo. He's still well. Got we also, the same... but we
1: saw him around his henchmen, right, his minions, and so he we didn't have a private moment, did we, for him to like you know
2: say like you're please. still with me, yeah. and uh, yeah, or have right. some sort of like private moment <laughs> to
1: see whether he's there, check in, knock on the door, right.
2: We, and we don't know, obviously. We don't. But um, I, I, that's what I'm thinking, that uh, he still is, that that was just— I kind of a... hope
1: that he's not anymore. I kind of hope that he's out of Mr. C. Well, what, what you would think? you— th- Okay, Maybe.
2: so if, if he's out, then what is— what, what does that mean exactly? Is Bob having You know what that post? means? It means
1: there's still like a 3% chance that at some point he's going to just actually materialize in Bob format in some sort of CGI new scene with Bob as Bob going crazy. That's what
2: I want. And I <laughs> and <not publicly. laughs> you want to see him climb over a sofa, you want yes. to see him looking in mirrors, yes. you want to see him walking? Yes, I, I do too personally. And some but, new um,
1: real yeah real new and they could do it. they could do it. You know, I think they choose to do it.
2: No, I, I agree, I think they can. But they I could also I,
1: remake David Bowie through CGI if they wanted to as well, but d- depending on what Well that,
2: that ties are. into this um, this theory that I have about Briggs being um, a so-called ascended master. And I don't know if I – I think I mentioned the Count of St. Germain in a, in a prior podcast. Yeah, and you tweeted but did, it out
1: from our, our Twitter page as well, You're the, the story about the ascending
2: master. Yeah, actually, but right? I was doing some additional reading, and basically I came across this passage that said, an ascended master is effectively immortal. They do not physically age like we do. They have colossal powers, including clairvoyance. And most important, their most important attributes are their great wisdom and compassion. So I mean, Who does that a, describe
1: that we know? Major
2: Briggs, like to a T, right? Oh, I thought I you mean, were going to say me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, you. Yeah, no, yeah. that's good. That's good. It's Major you. Briggs. No, so I mean that really- He is an
1: ascended I, master. I agree. I mean, maybe he was ascending and becoming an ascended master right before Bill Hastings and Ruth Davenport's eyes. You know what I'm saying? It's almost seemed well, like he they did. saw he, the transformation.
2: He did actually ascend or levitate. And I thought that when I originally saw the episode that Hastings said that his uh, body or his head came off from his body and then like floated away. But watching it again, he said his head disappeared. So he levitated or ascended and the head disappeared, leaving behind the body. So the body
1: uh, came like crashing to earth in a heap of...
2: I don't, I don't know, but uh, yeah. but also, uh, real quick, uh, just to sum up the Ascended Masters, uh, one of the... Uh, well, why don't you
1: tell the audience where that's coming from? You're, it's coming from Mark Frost, right?
2: Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that one of the noted Ascended Masters is someone, and I hope I pronounce it correctly, her name is Madame Blavatsky, and she was big into uh, theosophy, um, and Mark Frost has actually um, cited her And her her teachings and uh, some of the the books that she wrote as a major influence on the original series. So now coupling, you know, Madame Blavatsky, Theosophy, and with these Ascended Masters and what we're getting with Major Briggs, I'm going to delve deeper into, you know, this literature. But I think that we might—I mean— I don't think it's you know related to any specific plot points, but I think it's subtext, and I think it's very interesting subtext. And I also think that possibly um, that Philip Jeffries might be comparable, uh, not necessarily an ascended master, but maybe like the the opposite He's trying opposite. to be. There or something, yeah. You there's know, some... maybe
1: like uh, yeah, like Wyndam He was trying as well. Some way. What was Wyndham Earl trying to do? Like, what was the difference between he was trying to be like some evil ascended master, right?
2: Yeah, no. I think he was really trying to enter the lodge and use the the power of the lodge, uh, the black power, the dark power, to become in 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 essence a god, immortal. Is what I I that's what I took from his like end game, and then he. Uh, he killed Cooper. He asked for his soul or got his soul. And then Bob intervened and said, hey, you know, he, you're just a mortal man. You can't do this. And then took his soul away. And then that's the last we've seen of Wyndham Earl. We've had no other references to Earl. I don't think we're going to get any Wyndham Earl um, in this new series. But um, what Jeffreys is after is still very vague. It might be comparable to what you know Wyndham Earl. Um, and this leads into Jack um, you know Jack the New out. York Billionaire. Well, yeah, that's another. Yeah, I do think that we're gonna get. Yeah, that whole. I still don't that think guy. we're done with the glass box. That you know, whoever, you know, uh, owned that a billionaire. Obviously, they constructed this glass box. Um, we saw the monster within. We saw Cooper within. We saw Jeffries reference New York. Um, that he was supposed Can't to. be Can't they just Mr. like soon.
1: conflate the two storylines and make Philip Jeffries the billionaire?
2: Yeah, they could make it easier for us. Yeah, they could, but I mean, we got a few episodes left. (laughs) We're halfway done, isn't it? Aren't you like? I mean, I have like a tinge of sadness because I really think this is such a great time to be alive as a Lynch fan that we're getting this 18-hour epic masterpiece. But this might be it. I mean, we only have nine more episodes to go. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm reveling in it. I love it, but I'm like kind of sad to think like you know this might be it. But I don't want to. I digress, but. I don't think it's going to be it. So
1: I'm, I'm in full enjoyment mode. These are the times in your life you have to really, you know, just like Cooper, like sit down and enjoy it. Treat yourself. This is a treat. This is a gift to all of us. And it should never have happened. It's like a – it's a miracle. So I'm just sitting back and enjoying it. But you're right. We are halfway through. Um, but we got halfway more to go, and I think it's going to be uh, even crazier. I think it's going to be fucking nuts. And so I'm super excited about what's going to come. I agree.
2: I, I agree. I think that uh, we haven't seen anything yet. You know, Part eight, I think – I don't think we'll top – maybe part eight, like artistically with what Lynch did, you know, cinematically. But uh the weirdness um that is, you know, to come I think is going to be completely bonkers. I think I think we're still gonna get, you know, more of the Lodge, obviously, and the Woodsman. But there is a character that was in Firewalk with me known as the Jumping Man. He was seen in that um in that scene above the convenience store where Jeffries was telling to uh to to Cooper and Cole and Albert he's listed on the cast list and I don't believe we've seen him uh, yet. So I'm very excited to see him and maybe learning a little bit about him because he seemed to be some kind of talisman and he was wearing the same outfit that the man from another place was wearing and he was holding this like, you know, this, the same kind of weird stick that the Tremont boy um, was wearing. In addition, they, they had very similar masks. So and I talked about that I think in a prior podcast about that scene. If you drew a line in the center of the room, that some of the, the the spirits that might be perceived as good are on one half, and the woodsman and Bob are on the other half, or might be perceived as as more more malevolent. But what I found uh,
1: weird is why are the woodsmen now in South Dakota? Isn't the South isn't that like the plains? Like aren't there not many trees there either? <laughs> like <laughs> see, they go from the desert to the plains. You think they would want to mix in a little bit with the the locals? and right. uh, you know, be dirt farmers or something. I don't know what they'd want to dress up as, but it's, it's, I find it odd that um, they don't hang out in Twin Peaks even though their attire is very <laughs> and
2: perfect. Right, family. but we don't know if anyone has actually seen them other than Ray. We, we think that Lieutenant Lieutenant Knox might have felt a presence but not seen the woodsman walking down the hallway. Oh, you
1: know what? I went back and looked at that. She saw it. She, I mean, she definitely, she looked at it. She didn't sit there and stare in and, and close-up, but she looked at it. She did not just uh, kind of, yeah. you know, I think she looked directly at it and saw it. It was real.
2: Well, it could be also, yeah, no, I agree, but it could also be the other way. It could be that, you know, that she just felt some strong presence and was just looking. Because, she. I mean, she didn't stare for like 10 seconds. It was just a couple, and then she returned to the phone call. And then she didn't, like, when he passed by again, she was, you know, she she could see out the doorway. Well, she but, like, a take,
1: seasons, if you get, have you ever, you've been scared before, we all get scared every once in a while in some hallway or something. And if you think that there's something in your peripheral... And you kind of, all you got to do is glance a little bit and there's nothing there. And then you keep going. But she looked all, she saw something and looked all the way, you know, right. And I think that that proves that it was actually there. What what that means, I don't know.
2: Right. Well, here's a couple other things going back to the Hastings um, um, interrogation. One of the questions that I want to know is that, okay, so we know obviously that Briggs ascended, his head disappeared, his body was left behind, and Ruth Davenport was killed. And Hastings said that he was made to hold her down, but we don't know why Hastings himself was not killed. Um, it doesn't make any sense. It would make sense that if Ruth Davenport was the one who had the coordinates, that they would, you know, want to either interrogate her or let her live, and not Hastings, who claims to not know the coordinates. So that's that's why I also believe that he might not be telling, you know, the whole story. Is that, and then also with his secretary, we still don't know like how she came to have this information. She obviously died in the explosion, but before she did the car, but before she did, she apparently passed the information on to Ray, um, who has this information. So, how did it transfer from Ruth to or Bill Hastings to the secretary? So, I, was I the
1: secretary there in the when they went to meet the major? Were they? Were I don't think them? so. They
2: didn't. They didn't say. He did, he did say notes? that he. <laughs> well, she should, like right? Because she's a yeah. secretary. Yeah, but he definitely. did say that he took her home, remember? When he was originally interrogated by Detective yep. Mackley. That he said, oh, I took my my assistant home. So there might be something with that. But I was telling you a little bit earlier before we started the podcast that um, um, I think that it possibly... We, we had mentioned in the uh, last episode that how... We were a little disappointed that we were told everything and we didn't see anything either, like a glimpse of this, this great like you know set piece. But um, I'm thinking that we still might get a glimpse of it because of the fact that Lynch's wife, and I think her name is Emily Stoffel, but I think Emily Lynch now, she actually plays the head of Ruth Davenport. And I'm thinking that, well... Committed role. (laughs) Right. So Lynch is casting the new Twin Peaks. His wife is an actress. You know, like, okay, throw her a bone. Give her a part. And he decides to, well, let me just, you know, make a cast of your head. You're going to be just, you're going to be, like, you know, just a head. That's going to be your role. But maybe she has, like, a little, you know, a two-minute scene. They flashback. There's something. Because it is Lynch's wife. So, I mean, nepotism, yeah. But I'm thinking that we're not quite done with Bill Hastings. And I found it odd that Bill
1: didn't out. like they didn't mention that like Phyllis is dead and that the secretary is dead. He didn't seem to have any react like you know that he's just worried about Ruth. You know, well he know, was in
2: love with her. He didn't obviously was in love. I with loved him. It. He's
1: like I wanted to go to the
2: Bahamas.
1: Like <laughs> I wanted to go scuba mean, That was so good. That was so like Lillard. Like he was just killing it. Apparently two takes. I saw he uh, tweeted that out. Two takes.
2: Oh, oh that's great. Yeah, yeah, he, he, fantastic. He's just hit it out of the park. He's been. You know, I want to see a lot
1: more of him. I would love him in like every damn episode. You know what I'm saying? Not every episode, maybe, but I like him. I'd say put him in here and make him a Leland or something, so that we don't we, we continue to see him.
2: Uh, like well, there certainly is. What I said
1: maybe there's a scene where they put him, he's in the orange jumpsuit and the chains and they bring him out and he's got to <laughs> go with the gang up to the you know Jack Rabbit's Palace for the coordinates. So he's gonna have everybody there gathered around like the old Twin Peaks uh, season when they all you know got the ring back in the Roadhouse. Maybe they, maybe he does do that. He's, he's Ooh, talk, probably got some secret information. He probably knows stuff, just like Bobby does, about how to get to this place. Well,
2: you're talking about going to the place in South Dakota or actually going to yeah, Twin the, Peaks? No, the South Dakota place. There's yeah, two, the South obviously, Dakota. there's
1: two coordinates. There's two little maps going on. There's two things. There's right. one in Buckhorn with, with Lillard and what he experienced with the Major. And then there's the whole the, – what the Major planted back in Twin Peaks for this Jackrabbit's Palace stuff that Bobby and Hawk and Truman, which is interesting. We're going to have like conceivably two road trips, right? Do you think they're going to show those or at least one of them? The LaBabi one, they're definitely going to show. Oh, yeah. No,
2: I think that one, yeah, we're definitely going to see that. Um, We're still uncertain how the the Hastings, you know, uh, investigation is is going to unfold. But it's just there are too many uh, inconsistencies or um, with his tale, um, especially with Briggs being so clairvoyant. Obviously, he was able to foresee 25 years in the future um that, you know, Bobby and Truman and Hawk showing up and to have that message prepared for them. Like how could he not see or foresee Hastings or Ruth or the others coming in and leave beforehand? Um it just seems like there's there's more, you know, to that story. And the fact that um the Dougie angle, obviously with the ring in his stomach, I still like And him saying Cooper, Cooper, I mean, this this really is, I mean, tying all into uh, Cooper and that original message that he gave him in, you know, episode nine of the first season that maybe Briggs had, um, I'm not saying he was a part of manufacturing Dougie, but I think that he knew about Dougie. um, And I don't know how he would come to possess the ring, but it's possible that if he did his wedding ring. ring... to swallow it, which knowing that it would ultimately it was a be drinking game with Dougie, like that that. <laughs> a drinking game with Dougie. So I mean, yeah, that's that's I mean, so there's just it was great. It was this massive exposition dump, and it was fascinating because who would have ever thought that we were going to get like you know Bill Hastings's blog was going to be the key to uncovering Major Briggs and opening up this Pandora's box of you know all these possibilities. Um, I would have never you would
1: think like Major Briggs would be coming down and like giving him little proverbs and stuff like he was always like (laughs) great with that like I would love to hear like some Major Briggs proverbs from the, the space cave or wherever he's at
2: yeah, and he probably would have asked for like a piece The zone. Of, I guess
1: they call it the zone, it's just the zone, right? A
2: zone like yeah. a, 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 he I think he described it as a, a different dimension, but maybe you know, uh, you know, he would have asked Hastings to bring him like a piece of huckleberry pie. You would think if he was hibernating, he would have been hungry, hungry. after I all those she, years. And you know he loves it's huckleberry. It's like Gollum, well.
1: he's probably really skinny like
2: he's hiding in the cave for how many years? Well, his body was not. It was it was, well, that's it was true. corpulent, my friend. Yes. <laughs> he actually, yeah, he looked pretty good. Yeah.
0: 25 years <laughs> yeah.
2: old. But um so
1: Hey, you know, one thing I noticed is a, is a, is a little aside, is when yeah. Johnny Horn smashes his head into the wall, I see like an electrical explosion or something that Lynch put in there. What was that all about? Did he like have he some logian experience?
2: He ran into a lamp. If you notice on the right oh, hand it's lamp. side of the screen, you can see the lampshade on the right. ground. Yeah. But I did, notice, yeah. I did notice I did notice that he's still breathing. Um, I yeah, noticed that's that. That's good. So, I, you know, I mean, that could just be more frolicking. It could be I'm poor dying. acting, or it could just be that uh, you know he's he's not dead. So I don't. But that I mean, having the horns, all the horns, you know, minus Audrey, leads me to believe that um, they're going to play. I mean, obviously, I don't think Johnny and Sylvia are going to play an important part, but I think Ben. That scene with Beverly, it, I like watching it again. I I got the sense that he wanted to, like you know he wanted to have sex with her. He wanted to, to go forward. But like he, I think he said like he, he can't, he doesn't understand, but he can't, I can't remember the exact phrase, but like he just, he can't do it. But it wasn't like, you know, oh, I'm married or I'm much older it's than like he you. he can't
1: explain why. He
2: can't explain why, but he, he, why, it. But he wanted to. And, uh, yeah, what and was then, it all about? I, I don't know, but I, I, I'm not saying it's tied to that, you know, mysterious humming noise, like in, in the great Northern, but something, and, Oh here, yeah. I mean I digress here, but I mean this this could play into what we're just talking about with the horns is that we know that at least the scenes that we're seeing in Twin Peaks at least the scenes with the the sheriff's department is clearly September 29th because they're supposed to go to that Jack Rabbit's Palace on October 1st and October 2nd. But Bill Hastings Wrote down when he circled the major's picture. It clearly looked like it. He wrote down September twentieth. Correct?
1: Dude, no. Actually, I went back and looked at it. I can see an interpretation that it's a twenty-nine with a big, huge nine oh. top. And, and he even says it. he goes twenty. He says it, and I rewound it and tried to understand. Oh, really? And I couldn't understand it, and I couldn't read it. So okay. it's like there's a reason why it's supposed to be obscured, I guess. But I thought uh, that he said twenty-nine, and it's twenty-nine.
2: But okay, um, it does okay. look like twenty, doesn't it? It does. It looked like a big circle, and yeah, so. Okay, well, then that, that's, well, that's good. That, that's unclear. Okay, so getting back to the horns, but we're still getting these scenes with Jerry as well still. And he if you notice, Jerry is wearing... he We've seen him four times. The first episode, and then when he's listening to Dr. Amp, I think which was in part five, and then the beginning of part seven, and then now here in part nine, he's wearing the same clothes. like he, The, the same exact outfit. same? The exact Ooh. same outfit. So either Jerry just is... You know, he just doesn't. You he's a like... Hitchcock. He just got one out <laughs> that's, easy. that's his. He doesn't want to think about it. He just wears the same clothes. Yeah. Or that's just. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe the his... duck has like
1: dry cleaned him. Like the elves, like the, the cobbler. She like the chem
2: and like help him out. He, he wakes up. He's cleaning him. But he's. I do there's think some... there's something.
1: There's, I think there's something going on with Jerry in the woods. Yeah, sure.
2: there's something. And there's something going on with Ben. And I, it's a, he's like.
1: Maybe I, it's the great I, northern. I, there's a spirit. Like maybe they're tied into that because they own it and live there. And, you know, something's going on. Well, there's with
2: that and then with Jerry being in the very spiritual woods. I mean, there's something I don't think we're quite done. I don't think this is like I was saying before. Yeah, see, I thought they were kind. going to be bad
1: guys. You know, what I'm saying in this episode or this this incarnation, we were wondering what they were what kind of uh, form they were going to take. And they're actually kind of good guys. They seem to have, uh, you know, reformed from their evil ways. Well, yeah, but it
2: doesn't they're it seem. Guys, yeah. A, a, like a natural kind of they're evolution weird. But they're good. Yeah. That, you know, Jerry would, you know, kind of space out. And and Ben would always be conflicted between his, you know, his his lust for power and sex and money and the, the side of him we saw at the end of the second season where he actually wanted to be like a good person. And you're seeing that now. You're seeing this conflict you know that one point in part 7 I, I actually thought he was going to reach out and touch Ashley Judd's breasts and it was seemed very <laughs> overt and here he is I think wanting- he, was just, he was
1: just showing his perfect precise control you got, like <laughs> yeah, an inch away well, and I'm pulled back Well, I'm it ha- was very graceful the way he bre- re- re- moved his hands back and put them back in his pocket it was very graceful right, right. was he a well, dancer I, I, was he in West Side Story wasn't he in West Side Story yeah he was in a West Side Story
2: he's a song and dance man yeah he's, he's got scrawny. some good moves so yeah. I'm just happy that we're getting some horns and I think that Uh, and that that they're seemingly playing a part uh, in this narrative. Now, where it's going to go is is anyone's guess. But I'm happy because, you know, we we love the Brothers Horn, and every scene that they've been in pretty much has been an interesting scene. And to have the Sylvie and Johnny Horn now, like I was talking about before, the placement of it just seems so odd. I think there's going to be this convergence, and ultimately, obviously, Audrey's going to come into the fold. How it plays into the narrative, I'm unsure, but I'm thinking that, you know... That the, the Cooper returned and or the Laura return somehow because Ben did say when Ashley Judd asked, "Well, who's Laura Palmer?" Because that, my dear, is a, a you know a story it's for a another story, a long story for another day or whatever. <laughs> we starting to kind of come together, um, but okay. So there's two other topics that I think we should really go into is really. To kind of get into the Dougie backstory because we got some very interesting information about that, and I've, I've had time to think about that, and also more of the Briggs with the Jack Rabbit's Palace and what that might mean. And do you have all any right, thoughts? Sir? Excuse me. I said all right, sir. Okay. So do you think? So tell me what you think, Jack Rabbit's Palace means because we know it's probably- uh, well bobby
1: named it so i think it's very interesting that he described it as like a pl- like a make-believe place that me and we used to go to dream or you know what i'm saying it was a fantasy place and so it i think it's uh you know I just imagine it being out in the woods and being some sort uh you know perhaps a portal or maybe i mean i, don't, I think it's going to have maybe a clue that doesn't it's not going to necessarily take them into another dimension I think maybe there'll be a clue to another place that might take them into another dimension. You know what I'm saying?
2: No, I agree. I don't think that there's going to be like a portal. I think that they're going to uncover. I originally thought maybe it was going to be the dossier, which was the inciting incident of the secret history of Twin Peaks. Do yeah, you dates, think that's really
1: going to pop up at any, at any point? In the no,
2: I'm not. I am not. I'm, I mean, maybe, but um, I think it's going to be maybe another kind of clue, and I think it's going to be related to Cooper somehow. But we do have that interesting symbol that was on Mr. C's playing card. That a uh, playing card that uh, was on the message that Briggs wrote. So, when you look back at that,
1: that that one that he pulled out of the carrier pigeon thing, it's got the like red dot and the kind of crescent moon, and then the symbol of the ant or the mother or whatever. When you look back at it, it kind of looks like a face, like an eye. You know what I'm saying? Like two eyes. Have you
2: have you noticed that? No, but yeah, I can. Two eyes. I didn't. There's also the Twin Peaks. There's the two mountains. Yeah. Right. Two eyes over the so,
1: two eyes over the Twin Peaks. Yeah.
2: Right. No. Now we know that is one Rossi- is one
1: peak good and one peak bad. Is that what's going on? I
2: don't know. But is it? It's it maybe something to do with like uh, the the free the the Freemasons. Well, you said the you Ascended
1: know? Masters lived under mountains and stuff. Maybe like the uh, it's all they they'll live under these Twin Peaks. That's well, yeah. Kind of Did I, yeah I do
2: yeah the Ascended Masters like they're known to live beneath. Like the retreats like beneath mountains where they monitor all the spiritual organizations throughout the world. So, I mean, that was another correlation to, to Major Briggs like, and, and his retreat. But Yeah, it
1: just seems like the Twin Peaks, the actual mountains, yeah. have some sort of connection to this whole thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the symbols. And the symbols like – the two mountains. Now it's not the exact same symbol, but the Log Lady, when she disappeared, when she was a child, along with Carl Rod and someone else, she was she was marked, and she had that tattoo on the back of her knee, and they were like two like mountains, like twin peaks. But it's not exact like triangles, like he wrote on the message, and we know Major Briggs has the Trinity, right, which is on his that's his tattoo. They're the three yeah. uh, symbols, which is. Uh, the marking of, or the symbol for, isn't it, the, for like nuclear material like radiation, or radiation? Uh, yeah. Hazardous. Yeah, radioactive. yeah exactly. hazmat. radioactive. Hazmat, right. So, does that mean I the nature is radioactive? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I don't But, worry. I mean, it ties into, yeah. obviously, episode eight. what we have, Episode 8, and you know, those brief glimpses when uh, Mr. C was downloading the schematics for the Yankton Federal Prison. There were two shots of. Like some blueprints of like a nuclear reactor, and we you, know. Hey, wait, the, do you
1: think we're ever going to go to like the burnt down, like you know, st- way station Alpha, whatever that where Briggs used to do all of his deep? Are we ever going to see that place?
2: Well, that's it. What Bobby said was Jack Rabbit's Palace. They it's used to it. go there from the station. Yeah. yeah, so it is close to it. So I think that there's going to be like another clue. I think there's going to be another. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be the same kind of message, but there's going to be something that's related more to the Cooper uh, endgame, the Mr. C Cooper like storylines. And I, I don't know what that is, but uh, as opposed to it being like a, an entryway. But I did think that, like, remember that scene in part two where Hawk is in the woods talking to the log lady? Yep, seeing that. Um, we thought Perfect. maybe that wasn't linear. That that was mm-hmm. maybe a future – because we know that part 11, I believe – so this next episode is entitled "Entitled Laura is the One. The oh, next,
1: well, I guess we're going right. to finally see Laura. Well,
2: Boo. we hope. Well, I didn't want to talk about it because we're going to do a preview right. podcast mm-hmm. on Friday of part 10 where we're going to talk about – Save it. That. So save that, my friend. But part 11 is entitled uh, There's Fire Where You Are Going. Which sounds oh, like dude. a very log lady line. Yeah, it's like that's and, where
1: they're, they're going. That's that's when they're going to. Um, yeah, because um, that's two days himself. away, yeah. right? Two, so you two, would yeah, think. Two days, yep. Yeah. That's so 10,
2: my one. thinking is that the log lady is going to return somehow. Like if they're going and you know, like hiking, like you know, one of your favorite scenes in the original series. Remember when they're going to the log lady's cabin? Yeah. Like you know that whole thing into, they, the night. into the night and uh, maybe on their journey to Jack Rabbit's Palace, they stop off at the log lady's place and we actually get maybe a proper scene with, with actors or maybe she calls them because, you know, Catherine Coulson was too sick, but I'm thinking that we might get one other log lady. scene, and then after what, whatever transpires after Jack rabbit's palace might lead Hawk back to Glastonbury Grove, tying into that scene in episode two.
1: Why does he need a clue from Jack rabbit's palace? Just to know back to the, go back to the Grove? Yeah, let's just go back there. <laughs> no. He knows that place already. <laughs> oh, maybe he didn't, though. Oh, no, he knew, right? He he knew where that place was. Right? I think because, he does, uh, yeah, because yeah. Harry, he, yeah.
2: he knows about the Black Lodge. Truman, yeah, told him. But, okay, so these coordinates, right, um, they the all-important coordinates. Now, we think that where Hastings and Ruth entered the zone, whatever the secrets that they uncovered – led them to Major Briggs. But those are not the coordinates that he asked for and that Mr. C is looking for. No, no. Those coordinates lead to probably Twin Peaks and maybe this area near Jackrabbit's Palace. Correct? It could be. Yeah.
1: Why not? I keep thinking they're all going to storylines are going to converge at some point anyway. So.
2: Well, yeah. And I also thought, and I'm not, it's probably like losing steam, but I'm still going to hold out hope that possibly that these coordinates might be related to Laura Palmer somehow um, and her location because I think, excuse me, I think that since this, this next episode is going to be entitled Laura is the one that we might, you know, see her and then that storyline will pick up steam and I, I would hope that it would tie into some of these plot threads that, um, that have been uh, unfolding since the very beginning like whether it be Buckhorn or New York or some of the, you know, uh, situations in, in, in Twin Peaks.
1: But, uh, yeah, I want it to all start to converge. It's starting to come together slowly though. So we're getting it, you know, we've been, we've been seeing Mr. C wanting to know the coordinates, the entire series. And now we have like Lillard show up with some coordinates and which are maybe the same coordinates. And then you got like Bobby Briggs and the Jackrabbit's palace thing. And so we got two different, uh, kind of fractured into two different like, uh, stories, which are even more confusing. So. I don't know I don't know where it's gonna end, but you it's gotta end back. I would think Jackrabbit's Palace sounds pretty cool. Sounds like a place that like everybody would want to go to. So I think maybe it's something there is gonna be important that but it wouldn't be boring for it to lead all back to Glastonbury Grove again. Like
2: Yeah, I don't, don't think it does. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't think it does. I mean it's known by at least Hawk. Um, you know, that it exists. Obviously Cooper knows Mr. C via Bob, so I don't think it's tied into that. But what we it could be tied into is the White Lodge or some information about the White Lodge because we know that's what Major Briggs was working on back in the original series, the location for the White Lodge. So um, and, and and that might be tied into the Giant's Domain, the Purple Room, and his disembodied head floating, you know, through the astral plane, saying "Blue Rose." That might all be tied together. Um, because where did his head disappear to? Well, we saw his head, you know, in that scene in the astral plane. Will it return? Like, I think Major Briggs, his physical body is dead, but he still lives on as a spirit. And he might even be able to manifest through another person. I'm not saying like a host parasite like Bob and Leland or Mike and the one or man. But um, I don't think that we're completely done with Major Briggs quite yet.
1: Well, hell no. I think he's going to taste like turning into like Doctor Who, man. This guy's becoming like <laughs> one of the most powerful characters on the entire series. I mean, he's right, more right. Uh, powerful than Agent Cooper ever was, right? I mean, he's, he's like, a, like well, I think I mentioned this, like a, he's not like the level of the giant, but um, if he's an ascending master, he's like a hu- slash, human slash immortal, you know? So he's huge, man. He's like, I'm, yeah, I he, love Major Briggs. I'm so happy that he's, uh, they've, they've done him justice, even though we've had to see his dead, headless corpse. Right. No, I don't think he's a here. god,
2: but I think he's one of these like chosen ones, these ascended masters. He's just, he's on a different level, and he balances out like the karma in the world. And he's always been a consistent. If he was
1: that character. good, though, wouldn't he have saved Ruth's life? <laughs>
2: and well, not no, play Matthew I, that, Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> just left him, him holding was, the bag. No. <laughs> he had other things I've to get. Go, more yeah, important. Yeah. got to yeah. go up
1: for a sandwich. He went
2: up for a sandwich. I always thought that, um, and I don't know too much about. Uh, Lynch's father, but I know that um, Lynch's father was a very, he was a very important role model for him, and he worked for the government. He worked in like I think like the through the forest uh, department. I don't know the actual name of, of of the department, but his job was to go and you know deal with with more of the the forestry and what have you. But um, I always saw from the little things that I've read about Lynch and his father a little of Major Briggs in. Uh, or Lynch's father in the Major Briggs' character. And so then when I would watch the old episodes with Major Briggs, the ones that Lynch directed and he was in like, you know, most, I think Lynch directed like a total of, of what? He directed like, you know, six episodes in eight hours. I think he was in four of the episodes and he just had this kind of sage, you know, in the, the Lynch directed episodes, like he was like the, 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 the spiritual one, like this like mass, this like father figure. So I always tie that in. I don't know, you know, uh, you know, I'm not saying this has any relevance or anything, but I do see that possibility that it like Garland Briggs is maybe a vessel for Lynch's father, who he highly you know respected.
1: Yeah, Betty and Garland are both like ascended masters. They're like a couple. They're like the Log Lady couple. We needed some people like that. Even though uh, he's dead, you know, but he still lives on. So. But well, he still lives on. Yeah,
2: he yeah. still lives on. Well, let's talk about Dougie and that whole manufacturing We also need to
1: talk about Diane. That's what. That's what oh yeah.
2: Okay, about. let's okay. No, let's go, Diane. Talk about Diane.
1: Well, I mean, I watched it again. This is the third time I've watched it. And it really looks like something is going on, like that she uh, she gave a wonderful little reaction shot after she was looking anxious to get, you know, to get to her phone and to get this message. And uh, he just holds on her for a few seconds, maybe a little slow zoom. But boy, does she look like her mother, Diane uh, Ladd from uh, Wild at Heart. Like I could see a little evil in her. And it scares me to say that. But I think there's something funky going on with her, dude.
2: Yeah, that message, when I watched it again too, I got that um, same impression that when they left the waiting room at the morgue and she was left alone, and when she picked up her phone, she was looking for that message. She wasn't just like, you know, randomly going through her text messages and just came across it and had, you know, that look. She was waiting for that message. But then rewatching the original scene where Mr. C sent the text message, um, it looks like that was page two of two, like, um, the first page might've been hey, a message <laughs> to someone else to send that message to Diane. Possibly did you say
1: forwarded. I've never seen a page two of two of any sort of like a text message before, but maybe well,
2: maybe isn't that a very like, times. uh, like, you know, archaic or antiquated phone. I don't know. It's, it's a, a flip phone. Oh yeah, from... It's a burner. It's a, it's a burner. Yeah. So I, I you're right. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, but it certainly looked like it was two of two. And that's what I took is that, that was the second page because you saw him like you know typing in stuff before it cut to him typing in that message. So I'm thinking it's possible that he's sending that to someone to send to Diane. Now, what that means, I don't think that means that she's a confederate of Mister C. I think that um, why did it
1: come in in all caps when he did it in all small case? Lucas? Well, no, that
2: that and that ties into there was someone on, on Facebook that um, I, I think I, I I had mentioned something like that and they. They, they, had, they had said that, well, well, then why did her message, why was her message in all caps? And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. I didn't pick up on that initially. And so when I watched it again, then I, I noticed it. His message to you know her, we think it was him sending it to her, was in lowercase. And then when she got it, it was, it was uppercase. So that might confirm that someone else sent it to her. And when they sent it, they sent it in uppercase.
1: And that makes no sense. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I mean... I like the idea better that he's sending it directly to her. I don't like the idea that there's some middleman going on. I like that he's menacing yep. her or that he's, doing, he's pulling a Manchurian candidate and doing something to uh, you know, enlist her or to remind her of something or to just be a troll. I don't know what, what he's doing, but uh, it looks like she wasn't um, – it looked like she was complicit a little bit once she got it. It didn't look like she was some you know, victimized person who was shocked to receive this. It looked like she knew what it was and who All it came right. from.
2: Yeah, and I think it might be tied into whatever happened all those years ago when you know they met at her house. I don't think it. I, I, I still don't believe it was just like a sexual assault. I think it was much deeper than that. I mean, the one person Maybe on he planted this planet, the demon
1: seed, like literally. Well, <laughs> not
2: pregnant, but like
1: you know something that turns her evil. You little Bob. well, so. little Zoa. I,
2: <laughs> I just think that Diane is the one person on this planet that knows like, Cooper the best and has all, like, you know, his thoughts and the cases that he worked on, the Blue Rose cases. And, you know, and there was, it was even mentioned, we talked about this a little bit before, when uh, Cole is talking to Diane on the airplane, trying to convince her to go to Buckhorn that it's related to an old case that, you know, uh, that Cooper was working on. And Diane says, Oh, a blue rose case, and he and and Cole says yes. Well, they're referring to the case in Twin Peaks, 25 years ago. Now, whether that's related to Laura Palmer or related to Briggs is up to you know interpretation. But there was never a mention of the blue rose in the original series. It was it was only uh, uh, mentioned or was mentioned the first time in Fire Walk with Me, related to Teresa Banks. Now it could be tied into that. I don't know. But this is what that that message that Cooper is sending. To Diane uh, could be related to because the cow jumped over the moon, obviously very similar. This one, around the dinner table, the conversation is, is lively. It's, is it, could, is it like a threat? Like, you know, don't like loose, li- loose lips sink ship or pay very special attention to what's being said like in the morgue right now because Um, Well, she wasn't in the morgue. She was in the actual interrogation with with Bill Hastings. And that could be a clue, possibly, is that she didn't go to the morgue. But why did she show up during the interrogation scene? Yeah. You know? I also thought maybe,
1: like, Albert might be kiboshing because he was, like, fruitcake anyone? Like, he's trying to discount him. (laughs) You know? Like, he's trying to discount the witness. Like, he's not telling the truth. And maybe he wants him to be discounted because he's on the side of Bob or someone. I don't know.
2: Well, yeah, Experience that's still. Theories. I mean, we talked about that. There's, there's, yeah, there's a lot to. Maybe consider. Diane
1: and uh, Albert have got something going on. They're in some sort of cahooted uh, relationship.
2: I, you know, I, I, don't, think, I think you know, I think Albert only has eyes for Constance, and Constance has eyes for <laughs> Albert. I would love to see that. Would you like think to see it's like, a spinoff? Yeah, even a post-coital scene. You know, just something. Yeah, just like, smoking cigarettes Just and smoking cigarettes And then her and like
1: dead. making jokes, like the witty repartee. It'd be like David and Maddie on Moonlighting. You love it, Craig Grant and what's his name? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, what's her name from the awful his truth? Girl yeah, no, no oh yeah,
1: yeah, it, uh, yeah. I can't remember one. her
2: name. Yes, uh, Ro- Rosalind Russell was his girl Friday, his right? Friday, yeah, yeah. Irene Dunn. Uh, yes, yeah, she won an
1: Oscar, I think, for one of those. I don't know, but she's a forgotten yeah. actress. Very good repartee. She was great. So Check it out. That Check scene. that movie. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay, so Diane. Yeah, so I, I, I'm just I'm happy because it seemed like after the interrogation scene with Mister C, it's like, well, what. What uh, what else can Diane yeah, other that than way. yeah to be a
1: victim? Than, now we're like whoa, maybe she's like a antagonist. Yes. I like, I right. like I like that. Right, I do too. I do yeah. too.
2: Because now this is going to uh, you know propel her, you know, her character into the narrative in future episodes. So I did like, and it's mysterious. We don't know, and I, I really did scrutinize that look. She's pondering. There's something she knows. Yeah, I mean, I think she Dude, knows. she's
1: scheming. She's scheming like Diane Ladd. <laughs> her eyes narrow. <laughs> she's doing some calculating. I don't know. Do you what it think? Is. think
2: That the I thought it was her mama. (laughs) Do you think (laughs) that um, the uh, okay? Remember when we saw the uh, the album cover of Mr. C and Rio in front of his house that he used to own? Oh yeah. Um, uh, I thought there was a throwaway line because Albert had said that well, Mr. C had owned the house, but when they went to go check on it, it was now owned by like the girl from Ipanema or a girl from Ipanema. Um, What did that mean? Well, I just thought it was sick and racist, right? Yeah, a racist joke, yeah. Well, wasn't it the girl from Ipanema, wasn't that based on like uh, the girl who was actually like the, the writer of that song uh, saw a girl and she was working like uh, at like a Schwab's, not a Schwab, the, the famous Lella, but like at like some kind of like diner or restaurant and he was inspired to write that song, the girl from Ipanema, but I think it was in Rio. I think that's, so that's why the line, I think that's oh, the yeah. connection, but Maybe because I think when Albert said that, it cut away to Diane and she had this expression like it was a memory of to her, like Cooper and Rio, at least. on Yeah, on when specific. she was
1: sitting there listening, she was eavesdropping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm say not that.
2: saying she's the girl from Ipanema, but I think that maybe here, we're trying to put the pieces together now with Diane, maybe – You know, um, and Cooper in these subsequent 25 years, even though apparently they haven't seen each other, but maybe she's been getting messages. From Mister C and Rio is somehow of a connection. We know Colombia is plays some part of it because that's what Albert and Jeffrey some their contact or their man in, in Colombia died, and uh, there's some kind of South American connection going on. So yeah, isn't that
1: weird? That is such a red herring. Like I thought for sure we would be getting some Argentina or some you know Buenos Aires shit. We've got nothing. Just like two seconds. Well,
2: be patient, my friend. No. I think that I'm not sure we um, have time for it
1: now. Let's forget it. Move on. We. we st- <laughs>
2: We still I think of how many other flowers. locations we
1: haven't even seen yet. I mean, there's probably like 28 we haven't seen yet that are still coming. So we don't have time for that shit. we got to keep going. Keep going.
2: Um, okay, so did you want to uh, tie up Diane? Is there anything else that you wanted to mention?
1: No, I just think uh, that I think that's something to watch. She's a uh, person of interest. Let's oh, did you on. notice
2: the Cheetos?
1: Uh, yeah, what's up? Is Cheetos like the modern-day <laughs> junk food version of Garmin Bozia? Because uh, that's what uh, – what's-her-name gives uh, Coop when he hops in his truck and rolls off to – on the road, that's what he eats. Yeah. That's what he's into. She,
2: she had it, it, it in her back pocket, and I wrote it down when I saw it's it. I, like, I, I yeah. was, I go like a bag of chips? Question mark. But I forgot to mention it in a podcast, and then I, uh, I watched it again. It was like, hey, those are like fucking Cheetos. I mean, I've eaten my first Wouldn't of Cheetos. Wouldn't it be great if the
1: next episode you get like him waxing rhapsodic about Cheetos, like you did about <laughs> bacon and pancakes and maple syrup, the amazing taste <laughs> of crunchy cheese
2: and corn delicious. I would Fantastic. love a Mister C. Version of Cooper's introduction scene in Twin Peaks, you know, like Diane eleven thirty a.m. eleven thirty a.m. entering the town of Twin Peaks, like Mr. C in that big black truck with his new like tape recorder, munching with munching on Cheetos with the cheese dust fingers, like waxing like poetic into the in the but with the Mr. C version, what would he say as opposed to like you know Cooper who loves trees and. Tuna melts and coffee. What would Mr. C wax poetic about?
1: It'd probably just be read of the Sailor Ripley, uh, you know, handbook, I think. Just pretty all very sensual. But also, uh, you know, I don't think he has a lot. He's not very. I don't think he uses a lot of adjectives. And I don't think he's very, you know, he's he's not very very garrulous. Yeah, he's very garrulous. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, another thing with the Cheetos, I, I saw in part two, or I recalled when Cooper, Mr. C, went to Chantal's room, there were like bags of chips like like you know like you know empty bat i'm assuming they were empty like on the floor so i think that's like that wasn't just random i mean like that that was you know, there was they tied it again i don't think this means anything i think it's just a nice little like subtext a nice little like you know garment bozia Bose- apple gangers messy <laughs> right but there were bags of chips in in her room their
1: parents didn't so. raise them right tom
2: i just like to, i like to think about like post coital pillow talk with chantal and And Mr. C talking about like, you know, well, you got also like Jane and Adams
1: and yeah. And you got Albert to put them all in there. Like Bob curl, Ted and Alice i on Oh, right? put them all together in bed, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're digressing quite a bit. What else have we not talked about? It, in this Dougie,
2: Dougie, 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 all right, let's Dougie. Let's get to Dougie. Let's well, come get to Dougie's
1: I mean, Jones. Everyone was talking about how, like, that woman that walked by in the red heels—that it was so Audrey, like her outfit was a perfect Audrey outfit, which I didn't really notice. But uh, what do you I mean a perfect true? Audrey outfit? When Audrey, when the woman walked by and he was staring, and well, America, that, the beautiful—that but... when she walked by, everybody was like, "That's an exact Audrey Horn outfit." she's perfectly audrey and i was like all right well i can see the shoes the pumps and well, was it like a plaid skirt or something she had a probably a plaid skirt which i'm sure audrey would wear but um
2: i don't think it was i didn't get the audrey vibe yeah, i didn't get it not so you're saying you didn't get an audrey her. vibe either yeah no i thought i think People Lynch was just kind obsessed of, with audrey obsessed i think lynch fetishizes like those those red shoes i mean just look at wild at heart you know the when laura dern was wearing the red high heels clicking her heels Audrey took off the saddle shoes and put on the red high heels. Um, I, I'm sure there's other instances. I just think it was a visual. I think it was him just staring down. like He's like a child, like bright red color. He looks down, he sees it, and then, oh, there's the electrical socket. That's what I you know, was meant to see here, or that was what the camera was meant to see. So I didn't get any Audrey impression from that woman. I thought it was just... Um, a combination of Lynch's, you know, uh you know, artistry, his visual like motif or his mise en scène and, and his love uh, for attractive women. And his <laughs> love for attractive women, exactly. But um, Well what other observations
1: did yeah. you have make about the Dougie storyline in the last couple of days? Well no,
2: I just really it's it's about, you know, the discovery that, you know, there's no records prior to nineteen ninety seven and but didn't we always mean? know
1: that? We already, I already thought that, right?
2: We knew he was manufactured, but A, we didn't know how he was manufactured and B, we didn't know when he was manufactured because we all, I think a lot of people might have thought that, you know, Rancho Rosa in Vegas was either, you know, a manufactured reality or an alternate reality or, or a dream, which I think we posited recently. But if, if he was actually, you know, created, manufactured in 1997, which would be about seven or so years after the events of the original series... I want to know if Mr. C is responsible and not Major Briggs because I think he would be the only other one, but and I don't really buy that. How did that came to be? Now, the one thing that I did think about because we have a 3D all, printer. Well, I was thinking about Jack Parsons because we've talked about Jack Parsons a lot, especially in Part Eight. You know, because of you know what we saw with the Trinity test and um, you know all of the other different like you know motifs, but. We, the moon child like actually trying to create like the moon child like in the desert through these incantations or whatever people wanted to kind of you know because he was in the secret history kind of like you know put that parallel Maybe into, think he was a failed
1: moon child child experience well that's what i'm saying yeah. is that
2: the, 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 <laughs> well i think I mean, it's like uh it's like that movie multiplicity where yeah. like michael keaton that this each clone is like you know yeah one's an idiot is, yeah it, it becomes like that each generation <laughs> is more so and if Jones you have, like, the, a, Tito. A, <laughs> the Fredo. The Fredo. And the Fredo, um, yeah. And the Fredo, yeah. But, um, so I was thinking about that. It's like, it would be very interesting if there was some kind of ritualistic, you know, um, scene of Mr. C, like, creating, like, an Adam's rib, you know, like, of Dougie. Because I don't think he just came, you know, from thin air. And when we saw Dougie, like, basically, you know, die in the Black Lodge like his head turned to like black smoke, we saw what looked like the head of either mother or the glass box monster, like kind of mutated and or cancerous. And that's what really it spit out the, the gold orb, the soul maybe of this manufactured soul. So I'm thinking that, like if that was like you know what bob the membrane of bob is to mr c inside of him that what we saw we got a glimpse in the black lodge might be tied to like dougies because they both spewed garmin bozia at two well mr c spewed like a ton of garvin bozia at 253 when the transfer with cooper was supposed to take place but dougie also vomited and it looked like there was a little bit of cream corn and then also look like a, 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 an undigested piece of like meat or something. So I, I, I don't know if we're going to get this information, but I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around it and find it very fascinating as to how he came to be and why he was put in that location and what he may or may not know and why he was wearing the owl cave.
1: I don't think he knows much.
2: Well, I think he's, he's gone. I don't think we're ever going to get any answers, Right.
1: Yeah, I just think he was a moron. That, I don't think he knew anything. I don't think he was, uh, you know, aware that he was a, a doppelganger, that he, he probably just showed up with no memory. Uh, maybe he actually uh, was created in a car, you know, at 253 or whatever it was, because they he got in the car accident, right? Like, he was somehow, boom, all he remembers, he doesn't remember anything until the car crash. And that happens sometimes. Some people get in car crashes. And no, so you're right.
2: That Yeah.
1: But he doesn't no, know that he, he's affiliated with Lodge at all. Even though he has these moments, maybe. He's been maybe having lodge I mean, we don't really know that, you know, he, he has the moment when he dies and everything or gets uh, replaced, but we don't know whether he's been going the last uh, 20 years and, and having laws, lodge visit visitations by the one, our man or by Mr. C or by anybody, you know, no. we have no idea.
2: So. No, we don't think so because I think he, he doesn't.
1: I think he, I think he hasn't. I well, think he was in kind of,
2: the lodge and he's like, you know, where am I? What is this place? Like I, you know, this like, it was completely foreign to him, but I think that, you know, and You very well may be right. I think that's a great uh, connection of his car accident with maybe not having like a memory prior to 1997. But the whole idea of of manufacturing and how he became manufactured and why he looks exactly, I mean, not exactly like, but it is Kyle McLaughlin. I mean, it's like another version of of that. That's what I'm interested to know. And I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that we're going to get any answers, but I would love to. Kind of delve into that and see or find out like the information that we got that hastings was communicating to tammy preston about entering the zone something relatable to the manufacturing of dougie because i don't think we're going to get anything from him like you said he's dead yeah
1: i want to know why albert and diane are sleeping on the plane on the afternoon when they slept over already in buckhorn why are they so tired why are they sleeping did they party all night
2: <laughs> well, we Diane obviously. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. She's... <laughs> I think Lynch is having a rolling party. Actually, I think something's going on. <laughs> yeah, and maybe Jamie Albert him. was uh, Albert, at the night... Jane Adams. Yeah, he was at the, the nightclub, night
0: like yeah. watching Jane Adams. Yeah, the night watching Jane. Yeah, doing her stand up. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, uh, it's been a great episode. Do you have any last thoughts?
2: Well, we're going to go ahead and do um, a preview of part ten on Friday night and uh, kind of speculate. But you know where, where things might be going especially with this title being Laura is the one. I really want to get into Laura some more. I know we've talked about her. At least that's the perfect
1: Lynch tease to like have it could be titled Laura is the one and she's not even in the entire episode.
2: Oh, okay. I didn't even think about that. You're exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> Watch out. Uh, but Uh but anyway, but overall for um, for for part 9, uh, seeing it four times, very solid. Um, on, on subsequent viewings, even the Andy and Lucy scene that I watched original, it's uh, it's not that it grows on me. Is that I, you know, I'm okay with it. It's not yeah, my maybe. favorite scene, but it, after what, it's it's a good little scene. Like all the scenes work. I like the the. Explicit. You know what? I like the
1: one where she's on break and she's eating her lunch and she's giving him the hand. I like that. I think that's that. Great. That's all I need. What's my that? friend,
2: that's yeah. why we have the same brain. Because exactly that was on par with. The Wally Brando scene. She didn't have any dialogue, really. Yeah. that was like a Lucy moment. <laughs> well, you she know? had one she...
1: line, like "I'm on lunch for. No, I'm not here." You know, and that was. Cool. No, I so the like the that second whole thing part. thing was great. Yeah, I, like I love the hand. Want... The hand was great. Yeah, the hand. That was, was the one I'm talking about. And she's kind of was... it push, 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 push. I thought it was great. Yeah, was like, that was great.
2: fantastic. So no, I, I love this episode. Um, uh, it was uh, so like Lucy said,
1: Miranda If you're listening, we love you. We know we just you're not enough. Oh, we love you. You're not giving enough to do. Is what I'm saying. it's
2: not your fault. Right. It's not Harry's right. fault. Oh, oh, you know what? One thing, and uh, give me like, uh, you know, just give me like 90 seconds on here, and if you've got a quick soapbox to ahead. it. Um, no, no, it's not a soapbox. It's another thing about part eight. Um, the farm. I really don't think that the farm- obsessed with that farm. You are obsessed. I do. I like the farm. No, I think- <laughs> Let right, it go, man. Just let no, it go. I we'll think... never hear about the farm <laughs> again. Right? We will, right?
1: We need to do a podcast on the farm. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, keep
2: going. Ray is going to the farm, right? That's where he's going. I mean, that's That's what. what Yeah, that's
1: what he said. But why would he still go there if Coop knows he's gonna? You know, I would keep moving.
2: Well, we talked about that, yeah. But this place that Cooper, Mr. C, went to and visited, uh, Hutch and Chantal, like there, that was a pre-determined, like you know, place for them to meet. Obviously, I think the red bandana was also a cue for Mr. C. That is not, even though it is a farm, and they reference farmers. I don't think that is the farm. Um, I still That's think a it's farm. a possibility that it might be in Twin Peaks because we had another farmer, the first farmer, that nervous guy that Andy was talking to, and that, that, you know, that scene, he never showed up to meet Andy, and we had that ominous little like five-second scene of the camera slowly zooming into that open door, like something like happened there. There's, something, there's some kind of relevance to that place. I think we're going to get some more answers, and I Scary, think that might sounds. be the farm. Yeah. So I just yeah, so I just Something wanted to excuse me. Maybe it's just the
1: reverb because Dickie Horn had left his uh, car there and like they, he was like driving through electricity the whole time. Like he was powered by electricity, maybe it was just kind of glowing it cause uh, he had been there. Was the truck still outside? They ever... Did they tow the truck yet?
2: <laughs> no, we don't know. Andy's buying yeah. chairs. No one's even right dusting the truck for prints or
1: anything, right? Yeah, they're just they're, no. they're for chairs. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> no wonder the crime is a crime wave going on in Twin Peaks. They were right. No, there, there is the two halves. Harmon was right. The, the, the Twin old. Peaks yeah. Sheriff's Department. There is the front, which is like a front with the Lucy and Andy. There's, it's and completely
1: empty. Always, they never have prisoners. They have no arrest. It's just, it's uh, just lousy fare. It's a crazy. But a, oh, oh,
2: oh, God! There's we forgot about talking about the uh, the two girls at the end. There was something about a reference to like a zebra, like you know, getting like you know, being let out. Well, yeah. she mentioned Sky Ferrer mentioned the penguin, and I think, or maybe she also mentioned the zebra. But I, yeah, the took dark, that the brunette me.
1: mentioned the the zebra getting out, like in the beginning, like she like talking about so, somebody got out of jail, I presume,
2: right? That's what I thought. Yeah. You see, that's exactly like you know, obviously the strikes, the prison strikes. But yeah. um, I think that um, there, there, and I don't know if I mentioned this, there was a definite like you know, uh, fire walk with me vibe with like you know them in the roles of Laura and Renette in the pink room. Um, there was certainly a callback to that and uh, I don't know It's a very frustrating anybody's... scene
1: to me because I couldn't really understand what the fuck was happening so I was like oh, okay
2: it's just oh it oh did. oh Okay, strange, final thought before. I know I'm like uh, the uh, remember her scr- scratching her armpit yes right. So she's using the
1: wrong deodorant either she has the lodge spirit in her armpit or she's using the wrong
0: deodorant because <laughs> I've had that
1: happen
2: before but it made me think of the scene in Wild at Heart where Sherilyn Fenn after the car accident she keeps on rubbing her head and she goes I got this damn sticky stuff in my oh, hair yeah that's what kind of Lynch likes. Those kind of like close-up, uncomfortable like shots of you know like wounds, whether it's Bobby Peru, you know, in Wild at Heart, or that same scene with Sherilyn Fenn, or this, or any number of scenes, like you know, obviously in Lost Highway with the guy's head in the the glass table, and in Fire Walk with Me when Bobby Bobby killed uh, Deputy Cliff. I mean, there was a like not a close-up, but a pretty. It was almost a close-up of the back of his head, his brain's like oozing out of his, the back of his head.
1: Well, maybe the sparkle is causing some sort of like rash in the arm that's eventually going to take over the whole arm, and then the arm's just going to fall off, and everyone's going to be one arm men and women in town.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a, good, that's, a, that's a good Could note happen? to end on. Yes. On
1: that note, uh, you can reach us at choppingwoodinside at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, ideas, comments. We haven't gotten anything yet, have we, Tom?
2: Uh, well no we've been getting some comments on Facebook I've been trying oh, to be good. actively and with like this comments but yeah you can find uh, us on Facebook
1: on Twitter on Twitter inside. Yeah. Uh, yeah we're on iTunes we're on Podcast static I think we're on some other platforms that I don't know about SoundCloud uh, but uh, yeah thanks for tuning in we'll see you guys next time
0: sometimes my life is so eerie and if you think I'm a I've been here once I've been here twice I don't know if the third's the fourth or if the